Hello folks, my name is Ryan, and welcome to episode 25 of the Video Game Mythos Podcast, where we look at the myths, the legends, and the stories of some of our favorite video game characters, video game stories, and sometimes entire species within the video game, which is exactly what we're going to look at today. Today on Video Game Mythos, we're going to look at the Holoidal, which is a interplanetary species in the video game called Starbound, developed by Chucklefish Games, which will happen to be the second video game that I've covered made by Chucklefish. Well, actually, the first one wasn't made by Chucklefish. The first one was Stardew Valley, and it was made by uh, Concerned Ape, and, uh, and, and Chucklefish published it, which was a great call. Welcome to episode 25 of Video Game Mythos. A wise man once said that if you can't learn from your past, you are doomed to repeat it. I think it's important to know that the past isn't just what we make of it, but we have to take time and reflect on the things that we've done, the places that we've been, and the stories that we've heard, just so we're not erroneously making the same mistakes of our fathers and of our grandfathers. Today's episode of Video Game Mythos I'm going to do a full circle from the ground up covering of the species called the Holodal. And I'm probably saying that name wrong because it's spelled really weird. But these, this species kind of paved the roads for many of the species that are included in the Starbound universe. The history of the Holodal species goes back thousands, maybe even millennia of years. It is, it is one of the most rich in the Starbound universe, and it tells the tale of the beginnings of life, of war between allies, and of a new order that has spawned from their hardship. They have a lot of lessons learned from their past, so let's dive in and take a look at what they are and maybe learn something for ourselves. The Holodal are a sentient, ocean-dwelling biped species who began their evolutionary path at the bottom of the oceans of Quotu. The Holodal began creating cities of rock and sand below the waves. Their home planet, Quotu, was filled with large oceans, marshes, and rivers. The Holodal continued expansion from Quotu's oceans into the rivers and eventually into the marshes, which were the original frontier of their exploration and expansion. It was a major historical moment when the Hoylodal emerged from the water and began discovering intricacies of nature that they just couldn't find underwater, such as smelting metals into refined tools or growing a whole new array of crops and plants. These small discoveries, combined with their newfound habitat on land, which had far less predators than the ocean, and hundreds of years of continued evolution propelled the Hoylodal into a far more advanced technologies which eventually led to space travel. These revelations did not come without a price. Before they had acquired space travel, these hundreds of years were a very trying time for the Hoylodal. In fact, they almost became territorial against one another. Different nations formed, and these nations were extremely combative trying to get all of the land for themselves. Imagine a species emerging from water and then fighting over land. 
the Hoylodol's wars became commonplace among the nations that formed from the new expansions. The inhabitants of each of the nations were all led by faith that their nation was correct and that their nation would be led to victory. This war continued for many years and brought about a very dark time for the Hoylodol. This war-driven advancement of technology inspired them to create bombs and rockets and eventually leap into quantum field technology. All of the scientists and all of the politicians were only motivated by war. So none of their scientific advancement was ever used for anything other than that. As the technology continued to advance, so did their weapons destructive power. Nearly all nations had bombed one another to extinction. This period of Hoylodal history is now referred to as the Great War, or as a popular post-war poet said, the end of the beginning. After the Great War, it was a period of new profound thought with the population within the whole planet all of a sudden going down to only a few dozen clans. It was decided that Hoylodal would come together and this new way of thinking would use the technologies discovered from the Great War to propel their species outward and onward into the next new frontier that would be the ultimate conquest for the Hilodal people. Space, the final frontier. It's a common cliche to understand that if you put your mind to it, then you can do it. Where there's a will, there's a way. This saying is very true for the Hilodal, because the following few hundred years are filled with rebirth, repopulation, and most importantly, outward expansion. To give you all some reacquainted context, we are currently still thousands of years in the past. The end of the Great War was a major breaking point for not only a technological standpoint, but also a psychological standpoint. As a people, the Hulotl were a lot more united. They acted as one, and together they were many. Their original flights out into space were done without faster-than-light capabilities. Their spacecrafts were very primitive. They wanted to recreate their original homes of the oceans and launched large ships filled with water. Due to the vast amount of time that it takes to travel interstellarly at that speed, the Hoylodal soon gave up their pursuit for outward expansion into space because they didn't have the technology. A few hundred years later, a major scientific breakthrough was made that allowed their newfound spaceships to travel at faster than light speeds. This allowed them to catch up with ships that were launched hundreds of years ago. Within just a few years, they had launched one of their largest vessels, called the Encumbrance. The Encumbrance was spectacular. It was the largest vessel not only in the Hoylodal, but almost all species in that quadrant of the galaxy. To put that into perspective, their vessel was about a third the size of their planet. As it fired off into space to catch up with ships that had drifted for centuries with the intentions of seeing if their crew is still alive. Hoylodal can't live that long, 
but the original ships that left without faster-than-light capabilities had left with the supplies and with the capabilities of multiple generations having lived on their vessels. And this is where the story of the Holodal, in my opinion, gets extremely interesting. As the encumbrance sped through space, it found one of the ancient Holodal ships. As it exited faster than light and cruised up into a synchronous orbit with the ship, it sent out a hailing frequency to call anybody who might be still on board. The hailing frequency went unanswered for many hours. Tensions grew and concern was is that, that the ship had failed its mission, that all of the crew were dead or their descendants had perished long ago. A small pod was sent over to the ship to investigate exactly what had happened. When the crew arrived at the ship, they had trouble forming an airtight lock, or watertight lock, I should say. Because the original ancient ship was made of water, the radio frequencies couldn't penetrate as effectively. As they knocked on the door, they were greeted by a young boy who was peering through the window. This young boy was named Evelance, and he was the sole proprietor of the cryogenic pods. Turns out, many generations of clever people trapped in a single space together, they ended up creating multiple cryogenic stations and electing a newborn to be the caretaker. Evelance was the newborn about 14 years ago. This individual stays awake their entire life and monitors the status of all of the cryogenic pods. As the crew of the encumbrance discovers the situation of their ancient ship and of their ancient descendants, possibly even family members, they understand that Evelance is the caretaker, so it is up to him whether or not he will open the pods and allow the people to basically live out their life. Their mission was taken on with a certain level of acceptance that they were going to be asleep for a long time and that they would wake up to a new place and have a new life together. Evelyn's kind of doesn't see that as being moral, to take that opportunity from them. He is a philosopher, spends all of his vast amount of free time uh, delving up the mysteries of the universe just in his own mind. He studies ethics. He studies the existence of life itself through his subjective experience and through solitude. After a number of weeks, Evelyn's comes to the conclusion that he will release the people from their pods and allow them to choose for themselves if they will go back or if they will continue forward. Many a part of the cryogenic pods exited while many of them went back to sleep. This made Evelyn's have to come to a decision as to whether or not he will spend his life guarding the pods of the people that he had promised to guard. Evelance chooses to guard the pods. The encumbrance leaves, and the ancient Horlodal ship continues to float to its original destination. Months and weeks go by, and all of a sudden comes a new idea. One of the crew members of the encumbrance, a captain, a member of rank, steps up and suggests that they go to the destination where the ancient ship is planning to go, and they set up a colony. 
and thus the outward expansion of the Hoylodal species resumes. So the encumbrance, many of its crew, travel to the destination of the ancient ship and begin to set up a colony, a welcoming committee for the ship upon its arrival. The estimated time of arrival was originally calculated to be about 36 years, which would have made Evelyn's 50 years old when he showed up at the front door of the new city. Those 36 years had went by pretty quick, and the colony had turned into a robust, centralized economy that harbored freight from many of the moons of one of the distant planets of the solar system to many of the outlying colonies that surrounded other star systems nearby. That brief period of 36 years also made Evelyn's a little bit revered for his decision-making and for his precision of ethics. He got a little bit of a fan club in uh, Hoylodal society, and Evelyn's himself proceeded to be hailed and almost worshipped. And finally, after many years of waiting, after many patient weeks, many patient thoughts, Evelyn's ship finally shows up to the new Hoylodal world. He initiates the reawakening of the cryogenic pods, and the ancient Hoylodals that have slept there for dozens of years finally wake from their slumber to meet the world anew. The ancient vessel finds an open field and lands, and are surprised to see that they're not alone. Other Hoylodals come up to greet them as they exit their ship. How are they not alone? They were here to see a new world, to start fresh, to start anew, to be a whole new civilization amongst the stars. It was their, their journey. It was their purpose. And now all of that had been stripped from them. Evelyn's seemed to understand that many of the awakened crew members were not happy and almost in a violent rage. Thus spawned the Cult of Evelence, a faction that already had a lot of fans in Hoylodal society, had spawned an offshoot that contained about half of all Hoylodals. And thus, the single united species was no longer united. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Mythos, brought to you by 13 Palm Trees Podcast Productions. My name is Ryan. It's been a pleasure to bring you this content. If you would like to submit any character, species, or possibly even stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode of Video Game Mythos, feel free to give me an email, ryan at 13palmtrees.com. Also, we got some new Video Game Mythos shirts. Check them out on our store at 13palmtrees.com. And once again, I want to give you the best ever thank you for listening to Video Game Mythos. I swear, one of these days I'm going to get that auto-tune song freaking published.